Forgetting Asheville is an actual play Chronicles of Darkness podcast set in the fictional New England town of Asheville. We're all friends, we're here to have fun, but our story can include graphic violence, drug use, sexual content, and other mature themes. Content warnings can be found in the show notes. We've talked at our table about safety, comfort, and consent, both as players and storytellers. We know what to expect, we're all excited to be here, and we want you to feel the same. So listener discretion is advised. Now let's forget our troubles. Last time on Forgetting Asheville. A group of childhood friends, Dan, Jesse, John, Aviva, and Lola, reunite in their dying hometown after a long time apart. Brothers Dan and Jesse have maintained balance in town, with the help of John's occult expertise. After speaking with his uncle, John notices strangeness in Asheville. Aviva, presumed dead, rolls on in, just as Lola is found confused and changed in the woods. The friends gather at their usual cabin for the summer and start to share their secrets. Tensions rise and lead the group to notice that the evidence of their stay isn't lining up with the apparent timing. They split off to investigate. Jesse, you trot off around the perimeter. Lola goes with him because suddenly this doesn't seem like a good idea to have people going off by themselves. Okay. Jesse, you trot off towards the perimeter and you notice uh, Lola is coming after you. Are you changing to aid your senses? Or is her presence stopping you? Jesse will stop, look back at Lola, um, kind of give her a smile, and, uh, well, why don't you hang out with them? I think it might be a little bit faster and easier if you let me do this by myself. That's stupid. I promise you it's not. It's it's really stupid to be alone right now. You've been having nights. Someone is stealing time from us, and I don't think you should be alone. He kind of frowns at that. All right, all right, um... I can close my eyes for a minute if that makes it easier. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll just, uh, just, just, we'll, we'll do a walk together. He kind of, like, frowns awkwardly at having company, but accepts the fact that she's probably right. Um, and the two of them just start doing a, a lap around, um, a lot slower than he would have liked to normally. Okay. Make me a, uh, let's call it a wits investigation. Both of us or just him? Well, let me ask you a question. Are you looking around or are you keeping an eye on him? Uh, she is... Like, are you actively aiding and looking around or are you here to make sure nothing... I'm here like... to make sure nothing happens to him. Okay, so you make me a wits composure as a separate one. Uh, would Scent give me a... Scent will give you more information. You okay. can use Scent. Uh, three successes, which is an exceptional success for me because of my uh, gifts. Yes, it is. Also three successes. Okay. So your three successes, Lola, you are pretty positive that you guys are alone out here. Nothing is coming to threaten Jesse um, while he's out here walking. You do see him walking, and he, like, stops and sniffs the air a few times while he's looking for things. He's, you know, conducting, like, an investigation on the premises like a, like a person would, but he also just occasionally looks at things that, to your perception, don't seem like it's anything. Mm-hmm. Like, like, he'll stop and look at a tree longer than you might expect him to, uh, and he sniffs the air a few times. Jesse, with an exceptional success, you become pretty certain of a couple of things. One, there's no one else here. It is just the five of you. Two, you can extend your senses into the seal. If there are any spirits lurking in twilight, you can see them. 
and there is a for being like a cabin that has some importance out here and like all the energy that's been flying around all the concepts and it is surprisingly empty in the hisil out this way mm. unfortunately that's like the only thing you're pretty certain because you see some scuttling in the undergrowth that your totem is out here um because he follows you around right but there are no like wandering spirits in the area to the point where you are certain that that is unnatural no, don't get me wrong. The Hisseel exists. The Twilight exists. It's here. And with an exceptional success, at one point, you know, maybe despite Lola's protest for a second, you decide to wander a little bit into the further into the woods, just going in a straight line because you think, like, well, maybe, maybe something. And then while you continue to go in a straight line, the cabin appears in front of you again. As in you walked away from the cabin and then arrived back at the cabin and you never changed course. And you are... You know you. You did not get lost. That, you did not get turned around. That feels like something that I'm capable of doing to other spirits. Seems like it. Or something similar. Like, I've, I have learned that gift from spirits mm -hmm. of how to trap something in a place. Mm -hmm. Does that smack of that? It does not smack of that gift. Like, you don't... There Again, there's like a lack of spirits around to right, be doing that kind right, of thing. Right. But that... That does seem that does shake a sense of recognition into you that this you know when you get back to the cabin, Hunter, you are aware of what a trap is. Mm. There being now a moment where it's just Aviva and John after that confrontation. She looks over, um. Not really quite looking at him, but more looking under uh, his chin and says, Sorry, I, I, I probably shouldn't have shoved you. At that, he kind of smiles a little. And he approaches Aviva, his hands up still, as in case she might decide to beat him up now that everyone's gone. So wince that he has continued that behavior and she's like looking away. <laughs> I don't I do not understand exactly how you're here. But I don't intend to waste it either. And John kind of holds his hand out like like offering a shake. How about a truce? No more apologies. That succession of uh, little nods, and she reaches out, claps your hand in a pretty firm handshake. And once the handshake's through, looks up and, like, uh, offers a hug. He holds his arms out and he hugs her. Mm. I missed you. I, I miss you, too. Inside the cabin, Dan, you walk in and, uh, you know, you haven't even really had time to, like, set all the cots and stuff up. Uh, it was unexpected. Because it was unexpected that everybody was going to be here. Right. Um, but, you know, you had prepped just in case anyways. Right. Um, there's a bunch of dishes in the sink that are undone. Um, mm. Haven't been cleaned yet. Suspicious. Uh, 
Honestly, for you, you kind of, yeah. You'd have to go around and check the generator, like, to try and turn the generator on if you're going to check the power. But what are you looking for in here? Well, first, anything that's not supposed to be here better get out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> from the shadows, there is, from the shadows within the Heseal, there is a scuttling. You better not be in here. There is no further movement. I'm or... peering in the corner where I heard the noise. There is a slow, scraping, clicking noise. Like the sound of nails on wood. A, like, cracking, sliding, skin-on-skin noise as a small ball around the size of a possum of flesh and fingers and hands drags itself out of the shadows and goes, Hey, Dan, you seen Jesse? I am, I am initiative. (laughs) (laughs) I have initiative. (laughs) No, 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 wait, man. (laughs) He's getting thrown out the nearest window. (laughs) (laughs) Not usually unless it's manifesting. Okay. I'm not smart enough to know the difference. That's not a, that's not necessarily a good thing, right? Like that's a. If it's in the twilight and it's not in the Hisiel, no, that's not a good thing. That yeah. something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so it might just get launched out through a window if it's here. If Honestly, I can't even pick it up, if like... you're just punting the, yeah, it yeah. gets punted out into. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's whooping the shit out of clues as they come about. <laughs> I mean, truthfully, you steal the wood. <laughs> I mean, to be to be fair to Dan, you would know that that you've never seen this thing. In the physical world, and you know that Jesse gets all upset when when spirits try to cross over into the physical world. To be clear, it is in the twilight, yeah. but it is not in the shadow. It is not in the Hesiod where it's supposed to be. Okay, so the order of operations are going to be: mm-hmm. I immediately throw it out at the nearest window, <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm like, it. you know what? I, I, Wait, sorry. What kind of throw? This is important to of me. Like a yeet, <laughs> a full blown <laughs> fastball. <yeet. laughs> Through the window, if it breaks the window, uh, he'll feel bad about it later. You know what? Throw, I, I know it's in the twilight, but uh, no, fuck it. It's in the real world because it, I want you to be able to kick it. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it serves the same purpose. Uh, so roll me a strength roll, man. Do you want a strength athletics? Or? No, strength roll. Okay. You're just fucking punting it, throwing it, like whatever. I didn't know he was going to be the one who went into the cabin first, man. Brilliant. <laughs> it's, I love it. <laughs> Does it have a defense value? Yeah, take away three. Uh, that'll be four. Okay. <laughs> so Take four damage. <laughs> so we're going to cut away from Dan for just a second, guys. <laughs> Describe what you do to this horrible little ball. Uh, I immediately charge, grab it, and throw it with like full-on baseball strength through a nearby window while shouting, Jesse! <laughs> Wait, is this thing coming out the window? So, or what? <laughs> Those of you who are outside by the fire, so uh, Lola and Jesse, you are returning from the edge of the woods, like at as, speed, actually, at speed, yeah. Uh, and you hear the Dan's angry cry by the fire. Uh, Aviva and John, you hear Dan a few minutes after he walks inside, just go 
just scream for his brother, and then there's a shattering sound, and this horrific ball of, like, fingers and hand meat, uh, about the size of a possum, flies through a shattered window and lands in the dirt outside. Despite being fingers and hand meat, it's also kind of oddly shaped like a possum, isn't it? Is it is kind of weirdly shaped like a possum, yeah. I have to imagine that lands, like, towards the end of the hug. Does that sound true to you? I think, so, like, I think they, like... You know, like when a, a hug has gone like that one second too long. Yeah, but neither like, one right, is like, do really sure how to yeah. like. like. <laughs> so the hug goes for that one second. Yeah. And as we're like, all right, so, uh, and yo, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, Jesse, as you and Lolo run back, you see the manifested physical form of the hand grubbler like, slam into the dirt outside and just start, like, all the fingers start, like, skittering around themselves, essentially trying to right itself, uh, and it looks just very upset and scared. Is it showing a middle finger to Dan? It's not, no, it's too nervous. I am stomping up to this thing uh, under the impression that maybe it has attacked Dan. Uh, Jesse will interpose himself between anybody else and, and, uh, and the grubbler. Aviva sups, recognizing that you know something of this strange hand clump. And the strange hand clump, form, fingers like forming sort of like a mouth in a weird way, like on its back, Oma, is just like, Ah, oh, Jesse, thank you, what, what are you doing, man? Where you been? I come out of the house, I think, at this point, and be like, I told you to keep that thing away from me! <laughs> All right, first off, I have no idea why the Grubbler is here. You should, and then he spins around. And first off, he does like a little, like, puts his hand out. And the, like, the thing sort of stands up on its, what would be its hind legs, also made of like horrible elongated fingers, wiggles fingers out of where its head, question mark, would be, and does a little like, with the do handshake. do a, a little finger wiggle. With Jesse. All right, first off, all right, finger wiggle. And second off, what the hell are you doing here in the physical world? This is not a good time. I'm, and you shouldn't be here at all. I, don't I should, like, actually probably kill you for this. I'm, hey, man, that's not my fault. That's why I'm looking for you. My eyes shift over to Lola. She is paralyzed. Also, guys. She I- is eyes super wide, kind of what? not, clearly not. I think with a hand gesture, he kind of like quietly invites her to stand confused alongside him confused. (laughs) Also, guys, I think we're in a trap. She shuffles over towards John. Yeah, that that makes a shit ton of sense. Jesse, man, you got to answer this because it's like, I'm fucking starving. There's nothing here. Oh, God. You're going to have to hold out for just a second. Go find a shadow somewhere. Guys, no. It like scutters and skitters under the porch. Seriously, though, guys, I, I think we're in some bad news. There's... The woods aren't right. I'm still stuck on what the fuck. It's the hand grubbler. Get over it. What is no! a hand grubbler? Oh, yeah, we didn't explain. Uh, Dan and I are Oratha. Um, so, the the you're, woods aren't right. You're authors? No, 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 Uratha. It's what a fancy it? word for werewolves. Lola blinks very fast and starts, When were you going to mention that? Well, we just did. Yeah. I don't know if they were. Well, no, we were waiting for everybody else to get their stuff out. Oh but God. then you started a fight, and yeah. and then suddenly the, there's firewood going missing, and... What were you doing at the opening of the hedge if you're a werewolf? 
Um, well, first off... Do you have any idea how dangerous that is for you? A little bit. My uncle told me to always stay away from there. Lola. Okay. Before we spiral out of control... I'm fine. Um, Brag. The woods aren't right. There's a trap, you said? Yes. Okay. We, I tried to do a loop around uh, and inspect all of the woods... And that loop brought me prematurely back to the cabin, and I did not mean to do that. I know trickery like this. And Spirits your, have taught me things like this. Your Hamburglar friend... He's uh, the hand grubbler. Grubbler, I'm sorry. Uh, your grubbler... He's a spirit. He belongs in the Hasil. He should not be here. here. And he doesn't know why he's here? That's what he says. And I, I'm, I tend to believe him. Yeah, he knows better than me in my presence. So you and the grubbler, you know how grubbler. what's happening with this, or... No, no, I like that the Groveler. No, I have no idea what's happening. In fact, I, the woods are empty, and so is the Hasil. And that's not a common thing for, for places like this. Right. I would expect the Hasil to be alive with spirits right now. Prime sight. Hey, buddy, what you looking for? I am looking for uh, supernal events that are taking place, and I want to see if... Where we are still corresponds with the rest of the world. Two things. One, no. You are at the cabin, but the cabin is not at the cabin. Okay. Two, your phone says 1030, but there are ripples in time that says maybe that's not true and three there are none of the telltale signs of a working which gives you a big old question mark okay Lola mm-hmm. why did you ask me to check the phone because there's there's no way we could have used all that wood in the time that we've been here so that means someone stole time from us you're right. You're absolutely right. Jesse, here and there are no longer linked to each other. And I can't identify exactly what it is that's doing it. Not exactly. But you might have suspicions. I can only think of one thing that would do this, and I don't know... I don't know why she would do it now. She? My mom. Your phone rings. <laughs> like, like, like as though uh, uh, he heard a genuinely frightening sound. He kind of like looks down at his pocket and takes out his phone. And your mom's calling. He uh, looks to the group. Uh, it's, it's her. And he answers. Mother. Hello, son. How was your camping trip? It's been interesting so far. You know, I thought... I was so... pleased to see that you were moving away from those... bad influences. Uh, Swanson boys, and, um, you know, hadn't been going to the little get-togethers for the last few years, but 
I was at the lodge meeting and ran into Gary Wallace, who told me that you were just behaving a little strangely and, um, well, that you'd headed out of town and... How's your camping trip, son? Did you do this? I have, before you even finish. Yeah. Important things to do in town. You know, there's an election coming up, and, and I thought I had asked uh, Ernie to tell you to help me put up signs. And I was a little disappointed to see you are reneging on your responsibilities. I know we've talked about this sort of thing in the past, and I thought I would just give you some time to think about what I'd said. All right? Love you. And she hangs Mom. up. Is your mother a witch? If only. So is mine. My mother is, uh, she's like me, but way, way down the wrong rabbit hole. So it is kind of a bloodline, bloodline thing. I have an unusual family. Uh-huh. Okay. So you weren't telling us the whole truth. Okay, werewolf. What? Whole truth? I didn't hide that from anybody. Yeah, Jesse, don't take that shit. Okay, listen, guys. I cannot agree to help her. But she's not going to let any of you out until I do. Sweet, so she trapped us here? Yes. Can we untrap ourselves? Yes. We could try sidestepping. I don't know if she's she's able to trap us in his seal as well. I don't... My understanding of the universe is divided into ten arcana. There are those that I've become proficient with, but time and space, no. I, I'm not helpful here, and I'm so sorry, guys. I didn't mean to... He kind of, like, looks at Aviva. She is and like actively <laughs> giving him a dirty Immediately look. <laughs> goes to correct himself. I don't have a solution. And he just kind of looks to the rest of you. I also look to the rest of them. I mean, how does it work? It's, like, time magic? It's time. Time follows a set of rules as we understand them because those are the rules that we are shown. But there are other rules. Time's an arbitrary construct, for the most part. And those who can see it and can manipulate it can do all kinds of things with it. The same holds true uh, for the space between all things. It's an illusion. And those who can see it for what it really is and can manipulate it, one door can lead to anywhere or nowhere. In this case, she's put us in a fishbowl. Mm. And the only way I see out is to agree to help her do something horrible. Can we break the fishbowl? When you're the fish, it's not a good idea. Eh. Dan, do me a favor. Yeah? Run north as fast as you can. Got it. <laughs> Dan is very fast. Yeah. Uh, and before too much longer, uh, from the south, Dan shows up. Dan, you're running through the woods as fast as you can, and before a short time passes, you see the cabin approaching in the, like right ahead of you. I don't think I got turned around. Buddy, if you can find the edge of this, of this glass dish, fishbowl, whatever it is, I'm sure you can break it. I just don't know if we can find the edges. There is no edge. 
to and from are the same place now. Wasn't there like a spot where you still you were still running out versus running in? Does that count? Is that how this works? I'm not. I don't know. Erica. Yeah. I see you looking some stuff up right now. Mm-hmm. I am. Lola knows it's very unlikely she has to stay here if she doesn't want to. That being said, that would mean that they were all still here, and that's just not acceptable. You, uniquely among the group, understand time mm-hmm. and how it's. You might not understand everything John was talking about. Oh, most mostly like, none of that. But but the phrase "time is relative" comes to mind, and for you, you are aware that any door can be a portal mm-hmm. to a place that you just told Jesse not to go, but it's not here. Are there consequences to opening those doors? Of course there are. Can you, fairest, lead your friends somewhere else without them getting lost or worse than just being in this little bubble? I don't know. And as everyone is pondering, the phone rings again. Hello? Has it been long enough? I don't remember how things are passing for you right now. I'm thinking I've been about very it. patient. Lola grabs the phone and just hucks it into the woods. The phone is hucked into the woods and then falls I... out of the woods and skitters back next to where the truck is. Don't talk to people who hurt you. Whose voice is that, John? I'm alone. You're at least with the Swansons. Who was that? And it occurs to you, your mother might not know everyone who's back in town. Yeah, I pause at that. You tell me. The phone hangs up again, but it's less haughty than it was last time. She doesn't know you're here. We don't have to stay here. What do you have in mind? Bad stuff. Sounds like a Friday night. Very not ideal. At the sounds like a Friday night, Aviva kills whatever drink that she had shoved down by her spot and then goes and gets another one. There are none left. God, fuck. It looks like... Had there been a full cooler when we last checked? Oh, there was a massively full cooler. (laughs) And it occurs to Aviva as she opens that. Mm. When all this time about talk and, you know, particularly Lola looking at stuff right now. How many times, how many loops have you guys had this exact same conversation? How long have you been here? Lola just kind of gives a very long look to the Swanson boys. She doesn't say anything, but there's a lot of fear. Listen, I don't know how long we've been doing this, but... A long time. Long time. I'm sorry, Yeah. What? We've been here a long time. The drinks are all gone. No one stole the wood. It's us. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. We... Nope. Too complex. Try it again. We've Damn. been here doing shit without... It's, it's like we're in a loop, but we're in the loop that we're in. Nope. Dan, have you ever seen that movie? I'm not even going to name the movie because it's been a lot of movies where you wake up and do the same thing every day and the day doesn't go past. He's never seen Groundhog Day. Um, Dan, remember when we went to that real deep part of the seal and we came out and time was all messed up? 
like uh like we got in real bad trouble with with auntie because like she thought we were gone for a long time Ooh. it clicks Dan. <laughs> <laughs> all right so what are we doing you can't get in trouble with Aunt June again. <laughs> All right, Lola, you said whatever it is is dangerous. What Henry? is it? We we can go through the hedge. Thought you just said we don't go through the hedge. We don't go through the hedge. You should never, ever go through the hedge. But when you're locked outside of time, other options present themselves. That's okay. I immediately wanted to go through the hedge as soon as you said it. All right. What's the hedge It's a entail? I don't know. It's a place of all kinds of thorns and horrible shit. My my uncle t- always told me to stay away from there. I, why are you explaining it? Well, I just, uh, I've seen it. Yeah, Lola, I know, I know you've been there, right? It, yeah. Is the it he- that bad inside? The hedge takes pieces of you. There's a cost to leave. It takes pieces of you while you're in there. Define you. Memories parts of you claws away at parts of you okay can we like defend against this I can some maybe but werewolves that are caught there very bad things happen to them especially if they're caught Jesse clams up at that or we ran out of beer so let's fucking do this the phone rings again just ringing away next to the truck. We're doing it. He like points at Lola. We're go- we're taking you away. And he picks up the phone. And he's like, "Hi. I had a very interesting conversation with Dolores Gardner yesterday. Great. Do you really Don't want to vent worry. about your frustrations with your friends now at a time like this? I'll make sure. It might be scary, John. Seizing the future, but... I'll make sure that the next thing that happens won't hurt you too much. And the phone hangs up, but with that hanging up, there is a tearing in reality. Damn it. And this overwhelming feeling of wrongness and terror hits everybody to varying degrees, but it just is an automatic, this is not right feeling. And to both Aviva and John, it is different, but carries reminiscence of the abyss. And there is movement in the darkness of unreality clawing its way forward and it will be here very soon i need initiative rolls from everyone with an eight on the die i have a 15. seven 13. Six. Thirteen. Out of that hole in reality, with the sound of jangling keys that is somewhat familiar to John, a thing appears. Like a mass of darkness and like skeletal bits and it almost has no form 
or like its form is constantly moving and, and shifting. To Dan and Jesse, this looks like a spirit, like the most broken, abstract concept of a spirit. Your uncle a long time ago told you stories about the Itigam. Mm. This is not that, but it is the closest point of reference to the bizarre tangle of what should not be as you guys have. Spirits born from elsewhere. From not here, yes. You would understand it best as some sort of spirit, but a spirit that does not belong. Right, some kind of some kind of much lesser planed idigim. Oviva, you would likely understand this as you heard tale of the deeper you go in the underworld, the Kerberoi become more and more abstract and awful and inhuman. Mm. That is maybe the best point of reference that you have. Yep. Dolores, Lola. There are fey of nightmares that have not the imagination to put something like this together. John, as the only one who might have a grounded point of reference, as this thing rips and, like, falls out of a hole in space. Fuck. Okay. And just, like, crumple splashes onto the ground. You may roll me an intelligence occult. I really want to know what this is. Okay. <laughs> and so I will be marking off a point of willpower. Okay. Gain three dice. I have seven successes. Nice. <laughs> so that's a that's an exceptional success. Mm-hmm. So uh, I will give you some information that you will have gleaned from your readings and from listening to... You are, after everything that happened with Aviva, you went down a little bit of an abyssal outsider's hole, right? I did. There is not much written about them, because how would there be? However, your aunt had some books. Your aunt had a book that you sort of were able to put together through context and through Ernie that was taken from your mother that spoke of the gate of the exarchs of the things that lie beyond reality and that's where you learned what an akamoth is and that is also where you learned what a ghoul moth is a being of unreality of anti-reality and with your exceptional success there was one being that sort of stuck out, particularly to you, as a Moros. There's no word for it in high speech, because high speech is a very literal, like you can't lie, there are no metaphors, it is a very literal language that perfectly describes the supernal. And this is a thing from beyond that which high speech describes. There are lesser languages, you know, English and Spanish and... Right. The benefit to the lesser languages is that they can speak in metaphor. They can describe things that don't resi- exist because all of those languages talk around, you know, the ideals of what things are. There's a Latin phrase that stuck out, quod nasciat mortem, that which does not know death 
otherwise known as the Antithanatal. The Antithanatal is a being of anti-death, breaking the rules of death itself and disrupting the natural order. It is literally a thing that does not know death. And since you got an exceptional success, I will give you one more piece of information. I'm going to let you choose. When the Gulmoth come into reality, they are, they are beings of, of anti-reality, right? But because they are here, they, they begin to take on aspects of the anti-reality, and they are sort of forced into reacting to the world around it as if they are inside reality now. And while they break those rules, they are still somewhat bound. So the way that uh, they are best described and the best they work is like spirits. They're just spirits that don't of things that don't exist. So I will let you choose one of three things. The Antithanatal's Bane, the Antithanatal's Ban, or some of the abilities of the Antithanatal. You may choose which one you want to know in this moment. Hmm, okay. So, and a ban is like a law that it has to obey. Oh ban it now that it is here in reality there is a ban there is a law that it must obey and a bane is like a like a, a vulnerability is, a bane is a vulnerability okay certain spirits can only be hurt or killed by their bane the more powerful a spirit the more obscure and specific its bans and banes are the more difficult that they are to attain so because uh john has made the journey to stygia in his time uh, he's numb comparatively to you know the the average person to fear and uh, worry for his own demise. But despite this, he still takes a step back. I would like its bane. The bane of the antithanatal is itself a weapon of death. An obsidian blade taken from a Kerberos from the Lower Mysteries. <laughs> Check the pockets. <laughs> Ooh, no. This is giving me bad ideas. Uh, okay. Mage, the Awakening. <laughs> it's an Antithanatel. And I look at Dan... This thing cannot be killed right now. But can you buy a little of time? Yes. <laughs> so the Antithanatau is acting first, but its action was to manifest into reality. Okay. What are everybody's initiatives? 13. Infinity. 13. 7. 6. 15. Okay, so uh, now that it has manifested... John, you actually have an action. This is moving too fast for me to use high speech. Uh, so I will focus and envision the imago of something I want to draw into reality. Okay. And with the runes that are on the, the bits of jewelry that I have, I'm going to cast a spell on Aviva. On Aviva? And uh, he extends his hands and draws threads of shadow into reality. And I'm going to wreath her clothing in it. 
Oh. And I'm going to call forth armor made of shadow for her. What um, what sphere is this? I'm using death. Uh, you are at a two-die penalty for being in the presence of the anti-thanital. That is rough. Okay. It is a being of anti-death. Oh, yeah. No, no. I don't like this guy. <laughs> it's about the size of, like, a massive oversized bear, but it is a, a ever-shifting form of, like, black nothing, it almost looks like. But occasionally, like, bits of bone or, like, a skull will, like, push its way to the surface as if it was, like, pushing through elastic, almost. Okay. And then, like, come back down. It's essentially like a like a monstrous blob of, like, black ichor and bone. Okay. Oh, and uh, what is the cost? Was that? What is the cost of, of, to this? Or this is just magic. This is, just yeah. Okay. I'll uh, take a free reach to increase the duration of our armor. Perfect. Uh, two successes. Two successes. Okay. Okay. Uh, he draws uh, shadows to Aviva, and armor starts to manifest over her that is made from shadow with odd inlays of, like, uh, Atlantean gold. Aviva gains two points of armor. Aviva, uh, John gestures, and suddenly you are clad in the armor of the Sphere of Death. I'm going to get it right this time. That goes to Lola and Jesse. Jesse will spend a point of essence. And as he leaps forward towards this thing, his body cracks um, and his skin rapidly shifts and his hair suddenly covers his body. And he changes into the that form of a dire wolf and changes into Ushul. A massive and terrifying wolf appears where Jesse was. Completely black fur. And that's reflexive, right? It is. Yes. All right, so what are you doing? Uh, he's then going to show off. I'm, I am size six now, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking big guy. By the way, my initiative is actually three higher this round. Uh, dope. That means you will yep. go before uh, before Aviva. It's <laughs> good. I gotta deliver a pithy line before. Of course you do. Yeah. No, actually, now that I am in her shul, my initiative goes up by two. Okay. Jesse is going to leap out towards this thing, um, in his massive direwolf form, and as he's charging headlong at it. He dips down and heads almost like as if he's fainting a charge, uh, dips down around the side and rakes at its legs um, and makes a flanking attack. Okay. So the damage from this attack will be applied to its defense and initiative. Okay. Uh, it is defense seven currently. Okay. So go ahead and subtract. Um, despite this being a massively powerful spirit, it seems like it is not yet this fresh into reality, uh, very good at defending itself so much as just being there. So I'm normally at eight dice, so I will instead be rolling a single die. Oh no! Is it a chance die or a single die? A single die. Alright. Um, I'm gonna re-roll that because I'll make my attack rote. Yeah. 
a single success, but you, that that will take away from its defense and its uh and its initiative. So minus one to its initiative and defense. Yes. Hell All yeah. right. Uh, it you. Despite the, despite the fact that this thing is a like formless shape of horrific anti-death, Jesse, this is not the first time you've thought something. I mean, this is the first time you saw something like this. But you are used to hunting down spirits. Uh, your brother and I, uh, your brother and you, have gone on Cisco Da before. This this thing is terrifying, but it it's not. Outside of the the realm of imagination of what could be found in the Hisseal, this is some kind of upper Umia of like a, a Dahir spirit built around the concepts of like Idigim. It's it's weird and terrifying, but you can you believe that you can understand it enough of a reference point that you can try and fight it. Yeah, I'll put the I will convince myself that that's what I'm looking at here. Mm-hmm. Uh. And so you rush forward and make a swipe at, I mean, it doesn't really have legs, but like you get and set up the flank to swipe it down uh, before it gets itself under, before it gets its bearings under itself to set it up uh, as you engage in wolf pack tactics. After Jesse attacks and disorients, turning into a massive dire wolf. Lola, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? Lola pulls up the hood on her hoodie. Um, because she knows where she's going. And she runs over to the cabin door, closes it. Is there anything in, like, a role involved with opening a door to the hedge, or is that just so something I can do? So to open a portal to the hedge, you must, uh, find a closable portal, like a window or a door, something that can physically open and close. Mm-hmm. And with it closed, you have to spend a point of glamour mm-hmm. and make some sort of request, uh... Like, it can be something as simple as Open Sesame, you can sing a little song, you can whatever, however you make the request, and then you can open that door, and it will be a portal to the hedge. Now, a warning, in case, uh, not that this isn't a dire circumstance, that portal, you have no control over where it goes in the hedge. Now, the, the any portal that you open will always open to the same place, but... You don't know where it's going to dump you out in the hedge. Mm-hmm. You will have to find your way there. Okay. However, there's a... I mean, the door is currently open, but there is a... There are... You're near a cabin. All right, so Lola pulls her hoodie up over her face and closes the cabin door, running her free hand over it, kind of like she's petting a really good dog, and says, if you give people light, they will find their own way. So she does exactly that. She closes the door, pets it for a minute, says her words, opens it, and throws it open. On the other side, you see a cheerful little cabin. Uh, it actually opens into a cheerful little cabin with a crackling fire and uh, a rocking chair in the corner in front of the fire that like is just rocking back and forth. Uh, and there's like a cauldron over the fire and dried herbs hung over the mantle. And it looks like just a very nice, cozy, warm cottage. A reflection of, for a second you think, kind of how maybe Dan sees this place. Hmm. Um, but uh, with a, a fey bent and something you know, you can just jump through right now. Mm-hmm. And it will, this portal will lead to the same place. Everyone who jumps to the portal will come here. But the hedge warps and changes around you. So if you guys 
basically, if you don't all enter at once, there is a possibility that people might start getting separated before you even began. She kind of makes sure the door stays open with one arm, still standing outside, but hold, reaching in to hold the door open. And she looks at everybody there and said, come over here, we have to go. Together. Also, someone is going to have to close the door. Because if you've opened it, it's open. Mm-hmm. And with that, because of your speed bump, speed bump, we go to Dan. Dan, you were asked to buy some time. But then Lola said, let's get the hell out of here now. It's your action. I think I, I will look over to Viva and go, I think he agreed to a scuffle. And, <laughs> and I yes. will run full tilt at this thing, spending the essence to transform reflexively into uh, also a, the giant uh, direwolf uh, form. But while also activating um, my gifts for strength mm-hmm. and the gift to make uh, all of my brawl attacks eat again. <laughs> Get him, Rahu. So no, don't do that, Rahu. <laughs> I don't. I don't. What? Hmm. Sorry, we resented the option to fight or fly or flee. <laughs> Turns out. Oh, you might not be wrong. <laughs> What's the defense on this thing? Seven again? Uh, it is currently six because Jesse hamstrung it. would be five, wouldn't it? Because it's been attacked once already? It has been attacked once already. Oh, yeah. It is currently five. I got you, boo. Gotcha. I'm going to go all out, declare this is my particular target. You're going all out? Yep. All right. Oh, I forgot this one we can do. Mm-hmm. I also forgot. <laughs> well, I don't lose my defense bonus. So. Well, you don't, yeah. That'll be nine successes. Nine successes? Yeah. Dan, with nine successes, a couple of things occur to you almost immediately. One, this thing, even for fighting a spirit, this thing does not have a form. It does not quite obey spirit rules. It's still disoriented from coming into this reality, but in your massive Orshul form, with your brother having hampered it, the two of you engage in pack tactics. Jesse goes low, you go high. So you know, uh, now that you are fighting it, unless you get an exceptional success or hit it with its bane, you only ever do a single point of bashing, period. But you've gotten an exceptional success, which means you roll regular damage. So it will take nine damage uh, from your Orshul claws raking across it, tearing just huge uh, gobs of like black ichor and like bone out of this horrific like being of whatever the hell John said. Yep. I would like to use this opportunity to uh, apply it may or may not work uh, a tilt uh, for knockdown. Uh, it is immune to being knocked down. No, give it a shot. <laughs> uh, t- totally worthwhile. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you tear into it, you yeah. come to the, the sort of equal realization that, like, because this is essentially a blob of bone and ichor, there's not really an up or down in the same way that one might I assume that it assume. would also be immune to arm and leg racks, too. Yeah, that's maybe not a terrible assumption to make. <laughs> and Dan and Jesse working in tandem show the absolute brutality 
of being a fucking werewolf. Aviva. In response to what I said, John gets a bit of a rogue smile, and she says, Let's do it right together. How's this thing looking now that it's been fucked up by the werewolves? Not actually that bad. Oh. I mean, it looks like there are big chunks missing out of it, mm -hmm. but it's still doing okay for the moment. So, Aviva has just watched Dan's takedown, or the attempt at the takedown, and she's seen that the way this thing moves, the way that it is somehow here, she's watching the way the werewolves are moving around it, and as this armor starts laying down across her form, across her body, you notice that it's not laying exactly as you might expect. The flesh beneath it seems to be changing. The gold in the armor has a dark glint to it. It's not moving right. It's not falling right on her body. And Aviva attempts to don the call. Would you like me to start to roll for that? Let's roll for that first. Are you using any of your keys? I am. Which one? So Aviva has a key of chance within a memento. It has occasionally been seen, but well, no one here would really have too much reason to have much suspicion for why she might have been throwing a couple matches into the fire occasionally. Even though she didn't really seem to run out, but the key of chance is within the matchbook. Despite the fact that you guys have been here for who knows how long, still plenty of matches in that matchbook. One that as you sort of hold it in your hand, John might recognize. Wrong place, wrong time. Go ahead and roll. Okay. So rolling for that, that is... You'll be rolling your synergy with the final girl. Yep. Plus your ranks in call. Mm -hmm. Plus the attribute associated with the key of chance, which is dexterity. Rerolling two. A total of three successes. With three successes, even in the presence of the antithanatile, describe what it looks like in as much detail as you want as Aviva dons the call and merges with the final girl. Aviva's shadow seems lengthened by the fire until it seems to start to move on its own and substantiate. And this shadow has pieces ripped out of it. And it's a shadow of a woman that rises from the ground to meet with Aviva and become one. And as that shadow does so, it slips beneath the new armor and it seems to merge within her. And her skin ripples. The shadow moves within it. The muscle and the viscera reform, directed by both Geis and Aviva. And by spending two call charges, because of the use of the chance key, 
the wings that sprout out from behind her back. They almost look like they are thrown by the shadows of the creature before her. Like the very fact that it happened to be here warped her skin into the same shadows that she shares with her guys and threw those shadows back out into massive, awful wings. Aviva and the final girl as one flesh built by plasm warping and dripping into shadowy wings behind you as the werewolves wrestle the thanatos of the ground and you are no longer bound by connection with the earth we are back at the top of the round and the anti-thanatow gets to go dan what's your stamina right now five god damn it's pretty fucking impressive yes it is I don't like that he's asking that question. I don't know about the rest of you. <laughs> so it will be rolling currently 19 dice, minus 5 from your stamina. Mm-hmm. The Thanatal, one of the skulls sort of presses to the surface near the giant dire wolf that is Dan. And the jaw of it opens underneath the black ichor, and then it sort of folds back in on itself. And there's this horrific, like, draining, sucking motion as it essentially just drains the life from Dan. You will take nine lethal immediately. Okay. Are you still up? Yes. Okay. That is its action. And the two of you, everyone who is looking at this thing, gets the impression that it is going to just continue sucking, targeting whoever is near it, pulling the life force out of it. But Dan, uh, how close are you to zero? I still have five health levels. You have five health levels left. Okay. Thankfully, the the Uratha in particular are full of life and spiritual energy. So you are managed to withstand that horrific assault as you can feel it like almost devouring your life energy just by being here. It's like matter and antimatter clashing together as it just pulls at you. And then it's uh, John's turn again. Okay. (laughs) Guys, this thing sucks. Uh, The wounds themselves manifest, by the way, as sort of an entropic decay, like like you are being unmade by its presence. I don't look super great, guys. (laughs) Yeah. What is Lola doing? Right now she is holding the door open and looking to see if anyone is actually going to come. The door opens to another place in reality. Through the door, you can see, like, a cozy little cabin with a fire and a rocking chair. Is there an illusion about it? No, that shit's real. Okay. But if he looks at her, she's gonna say, if I can get his attention, I might be able to help Dan. Guys, grab it. Grab it. And I'm holding. Okay. That takes us to Jesse. Jesse looks super annoyed at the notion of grabbing this thing. This doll, <laughs> this giant wolf. Size. Like, gives a huff. <laughs> Indignantly. You get side eye out of this giant dire wolf like you've never seen before. 
and not really seeing a good spot because it's just these weird skulls that manifest out of its form. He's going to just rear up and slam both of its paws down on it to try and force it into a spot. Um, And Jesse will attempt to grapple. Roll me uh, strength plus brawl minus six. Right, so Lola, Lola looks at Jesse as he's about ready to go, and you got this. And as a Ferris, you're giving him one of your willpower. Yes, everybody get it. Well, that's a success. That's a grapple. So Jesse, you you manage to find some substance within this thing to pin it to the uh, to pin it and grab it. And I and the the grapple um, result I'm using is where we lose our defense because I think I have to choose what I do with the you grapple. You choose with yeah. what and you do with the grapple. And one both of, them of us, is both of us losing, you gains defense. Yep, that's what I'm going to go with. Okay. Lola peels the scarf off of her neck and runs up to the creature and throws her scarf around a piece of it and then puts her arms up in the hair up in the air like two hands of a clock. And swings one wildly, uh, and then brings it to a stop. Okay. Um, and she is going to attempt to imprison this thing with a scarf, using changeling hours. Hell yeah, roll it. I don't think it's a roll. No, I think actually, yeah, you may just do that. And she actually she'll speak the name that of um, Dolores Hitch. She just says out of nowhere. Dolores Hitch. Yep. And now she doesn't have to pay the glamour for it. Mm-hmm. So Lola runs up as Jesse pins this thing down. It has no defense, so you can just put it over. And then makes, f- like, wildly fast, irregular movements with her arms that look like the ticking of a clock that breaks. And the scarf was, like, settled and, like, writhing as this thing writhes. And then the scarf stops moving instantly. And is completely frozen in time and space and just exists in this spot. Now, for clarity, Lola, this thing is, you are helping to pin this thing down. But because it is so amorphously formless, it's not going to be able to move the thing. It'll have to struggle. Mm-hmm. It's going to ooze at it at but some it, point. But it's hogtied. But mm-hmm. it is currently hogtied. When she does that, John will reach out turn his hand and make a crushing motion and when he does let me roll some dice <laughs> I love the fact that you've been like over there like crunching numbers and like <laughs> referencing sheets and stuff like okay it takes a while this <laughs> and okay welcome to Mage okay with three successes a total of two reaches uh, he will wrap Essentially, the earth shifts, reaches up, snatches it, and engulfs it in a ball of uh, sandstone. And where he was, there's now just a rock. It can get out with some effort, but it is currently immobilized. So to escape, it's going to need to make... Let's see. Ending the tilt. An immobilized character can break free by escaping from a grappler or snapping whatever binds it. 
If held by an item, the character must make a strength plus athletics rule penalized by the item's durability, which is, in my case, a three. Then, if they're hogtied, they take an additional minus four dice. So it's going to have to use its action to make a roll at minus seven dice uh, to attempt to break free of the granite that it is bound in, or the sandstone that it is bound in. Absolutely. Because it is my... Because it is my magic, uh, it is again inlaid with this complex array of like gold designs. Dan, in the sense that I can't really hit it anymore. <laughs> heal a point of lethal. It's true. You do heal a point of lethal. Important note that I forgot. At the start of the turn, the ghoul moth, the antithanato, healed more than half the damage that Dan did to it. Just, you can tell it's like repopulating itself with ichor, uh, regenerating rapidly, despite the huge blow from the Uratha. Dan, get out of there! <laughs> you guys, you guys completely immobilized. Dan. Guys, it's time to go. <laughs> but I can hit it so hard. I know. <laughs> it has no defense. <laughs> There's no defense. There's no defense. And this is just three durability, dude. You rip right through that. <laughs> you work so hard on that. Yeah, it sounds like the crew's got it. Uh, I'm going to start moving towards the cabin. want to hit it somewhere. All right. You uh, did. You are fast enough that if you want, you can go through the open door. All right. Don't go through. Don't go through. We go together. <laughs> Dan, do you stop? Before she stops you. Or do you just go through the door? I don't know. It depends if it got to me in time and how fast I was moving. Roll me a, roll me a d10. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the d2 if we want that. Too. Nope, I want him to roll a d10. Seven. Seven? <clears throat> yeah, you can stop right before you go through the door. So I think I turn sideways and slam into the side of the house instead. <laughs> Deja vu. Oviva. How far is everyone from, like, where is everyone from the door? I'm trying to get a picture of the scene so, so I can understand uh, where I'm going with this. Everyone's, I don't know, like a, a few meters away from the door. They could probably all get there in a single action. Okay. Uh, you with your wings definitely could. Well, by the look that she's giving uh, the now freed Dan, it's relatively apparent uh, her worry that this being was just going to take off with one of the werewolves. But seeing that the werewolves are free, I'm going to run over, hold the door from the outside without going through, and just make a sharp gesture to everyone to start getting in. Here's what we're going to do. I am going to roll the strength check to break out uh, from the antithanatel. That will be its action. Everyone will have a single action, which you may use to all go through the door together, or... Stick around. We're going to see sort of what happens. Flavor-wise, what Aviva is doing is sort of standing to try and, like, block off the door using the breath of her wings. Mm-hmm. It's a minus seven die penalty, correct? From all your magic and yep. from the bay and all sort of, like, changeling lock times and werewolf harassment. Yeah, the time-locked scarf kind of made a big difference. Oh, it was yeah. the difference between three dice and seven <laughs> dice. Mm-hmm. That might be... Damn it. 
with four successes, mm-hmm. the ground uh, that had swallowed it cracks and crumbles away in just this entropic mess, and the sandstone turns to sand, and it begins to flow up and out, but it takes it takes it time to do that. It is now freed from the prison you all put it in. But that's its entire action. It can do nothing else right now. Does everyone escape, or are we sticking around? So I kind of uh, look between two things. One, there's like this, almost like a, like a wince at the inevitable destruction of the cage. And there's also this kind of curious pause at Aviva having wings and flying. And I kind of snap out of it when Lola announces that it's time to move and I intend to go with the group. Jesse uh, uh, leaps over the, uh, the, the, the um, anti-thanatos as, as it starts destroying its, its uh, binding and rushes over to the side of the cabin away from where the door is. Okay. Flops down on his back, which is weird for, to see the, this, this giant dire wolf do. And he kind of stretches out his paws and lets one of them sink into the shadow in the crawl space under the cabin. A mass of fingers and hands grasps out and touches the tips of the paw. And then scurries up onto the belt and like clings and is just clinging on to Jesse. And then Jesse will start to move where the door is. You can get there. Okay. You have uh, like hit and run tactics and things, right? Well, I have a speed of 18 currently. So, yes, you may. (laughs) These are things that you may accomplish. (laughs) And you retrieve the hand grubbler where, as a spirit of fear, it was cowering in fear beneath the house. And. Is anyone else doing anything else before it's time to go? Lola is making sure that she is the last one to go and make sure that everyone is going to get where they need to go before she leaves. Good job, Ferris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aviva's intention was also to be last, so you might get shoved through. Nope. <laughs> no. That will be contested. If this is going to be a fight, it can be a fight. <laughs> yep. But does that take time? Yes, it does. It has to be me. Rob, Rob, just as a parting fuck you to this thing, mm-hmm. can I make a contested roll with it? To, to, I imagine it's somewhat disoriented coming out of that cage and is not immediately aware of where we are. It is somewhat disoriented. Uh, it and is not immediately aware of where three of the five of you are. So I would like to try and keep it stuck in this realm for a while. Okay. Uh, um, is that an action? Let me check. If it's an action, you can either do that or save the Grubbler. Oh, no. <laughs> so then I'm not even going to worry about it. I saved the Grubbler. That's not, not, even, an, not even an issue, and, and this will be something for another time. So oh, let's, yeah. not, let's not even not, worry about this. Not a bad thought. As Lola and Aviva lock eyes, and it becomes clear the two of them have the same intention, Lola declares that has to be her, and Aviva goes with the group but pulls Lola through behind her. This is acceptable. Um, As Lola is being pulled through, she reaches oddly with her arm. Like, from the inside, she shuts the door, 
and throws it to the, try and shut it from the other side. The door is shut, and the five of you are alone in a cheerful cottage. Outside the windows, there are brambles and briars that reach to eternity. Six of us, the, the grubbler. As the five and a half of you. <laughs> Acceptable. So after escaping the temporal loop uh, and the abyssal entity that was summoned in it, Lola opened a portal and everyone rushed inside. Now cramped into this tiny, cozy little cottage. The sort of like white plaster walls, uh, being hearth with a roaring fire and a kettle, uh, like a big soup pot, a table, just a wooden rough-hewn table with bowls of, you know, nice-looking fruits and things to eat, cups full of some sort of beverage, a little rocking chair in the corner with a cozy blanket on it, and all the shutters closed to the windows. Cramped inside are two massive direwolves, one of which is heavily hurt, bleeding profusely. John and Aviva with ghost long shadowy wings uh, that sort of flicker in and out like a like a ghost. <laughs> Terrible. The uh, the wings, are they Incorporeal and kind of flicker in between reality and, and non. Are they, do they look bat-like or feathered? They would look more bat-like than feathered. It's an odd effect because she used a key of chance. It almost seems that, that the way that chance is translating is that the wings happen to fall into place in a way that she can muscle through. So there's something like very early 2000s horror movie about it but if you had to pick an animal probably most most like a bat what do you mean is they kind of almost like stutter into reality yeah like like almost like the muscles mm. need to re-knit themselves on occasion or like this particular arrangement of her wings happened to be the one that came into being this might not even be how her wings Looking at it, like it, it doesn't seem like her wings would happen this way every almost, time. Almost hard to focus on it. Yeah. Yeah. And with these wings, she's trying to tuck them behind herself as she's going into this cramped space, but still she is not letting go of Lola's hand. And Lola, who was determined to be the last one through the door, mm -hmm. her hand grasped in Aviva's. You pull the door shut behind you. Mm-hmm closing the portal between here and wherever that was or whenever exactly so the first thing that is very noticeable uh is to aviva and that is that once they cross the threshold and the door is shut there is a feeling like several jabbing pins in her hand where she holds lola's hand and the thing that everyone else notices is Lola is trying very hard to keep her hood of her hoodie covering her face. As Aviva feels the prick on her hand, she shifts her grip, 
kind of pulling Lola forward to catch her wrists as if she's not really trusting even that the portal's close. But there's still a yelp of pain as she wrings out her hand and looks to her palm. And then to Lola's. Uh, Lola's hand, the back of Lola's hand, is veined in purple where where veins would be. And sticking out of these veins are about half-inch purple thorns. Okay, first of all, ow. Second of all, what? You can let go of me. And with that, Aviva does let go of your wrist. You kind of get the sense that that was like that kind of adrenaline response where it's a little hard for her to unstick her fingers. Mm -hmm. But she does let go. And as soon as she's free, Lola kind of like takes a step back from the group and crouches down like she's trying to hide as much of her body as she can. But she is, in fact, wearing shorts. And it's very plain to see that her skin on her legs is chalk white, like limestone, lining her legs in a couple different shades of violet and purple are these patterns that look like they have been placed very deliberately, almost like naturally occurring tattoos. Like someone has placed them there very deliberately. But she is taking pains to hide her face and tuck her hand into her sleeve. Just just don't look at me. Okay? Jesse, who's currently a giant dire wolf, just in a way that doesn't seem normal for a wolf of that size to do kind of just plops his butt down and, and sits like almost like he's just a big giant dog at this point and his jaw kind of hangs open a little bit as he almost looks like he's smirking at the lot of you which is unsettling considering how dangerous his his rows of teeth look but those golden eyes which both of the wolf brothers have are still definitely his you can see that he's kind of just laughing as he's looking between the lot of you hey lola i don't know if it's going to help you change your outlook on this he says kind of with his hands like tucked into his pockets and he's like looking around the cabin with this like morbid curiosity but i saw you who you are the moment you arrived and I'm willing to bet that the rest of us seeing you I don't think it's going to change the way we perceive you yes it will there will be questions questions you wouldn't have had otherwise okay I'm pretty sure I came back dead so whatever's up with you that's make you, made you spiky or whatever not going to be that big a thing it has something to do with this place doesn't it yeah. Dan. <laughs> like, kind of. Hey, bud. Dan is uh, uh, at that point basically. Can you understand me? Pacing around the room, like, in, like, almost a walking it off kind of deal, but, like, angrily chuffing. Hey, you should stop. You're going to bleed out. He kind of chuffs again and just keeps moving around. We're safe enough here if you want to just sit for a minute. As the time moves on, the. the large gaping wounds which are probably showing muscles and bones and whatnot are, are closing fairly rapidly and the blood flow like almost immediately cuts off as like that's probably some of the first things that get repaired and John kind of goes through this like constant cycle of like trying to approach you and like offer like medical aid <laughs> but like 
then kind of backing off because you're a giant direwolf. <laughs> and, like, he's just kind of between that as you pace back and forth. He he kind of gets it together after a few and, like, shakes his head no and then kind of looks himself down. And then he'll start to, like, shift back into being a person. Within a minute or so, all of Dan's wounds are closed. And shortly after arriving, uh, just a little bit before Dan's wounds all seem to heal on their own, the mystic black and gold armor that had clad Aviva disappears into sh- back into shadow as if it wasn't there in the first place. Once she's kind of sure that Dan is good, although his healing uh, prompts a lot of curiosity, she kind of lingers on the inter... If she can, like, kind of see the way that the muscles are knitting and reintertwining, that's fascinating to her for a moment. But she feels the armor dissipate. And there's that moment of, like, looking down, sort of brushing out her sweater as she realizes. And curt nod of thanks, but it's not really as curt as she wanted it to be to John. Uh, You can see the gratitude through it. While they're looking at the... While they're looking at the healing werewolf, um, Lola kind of peeks out from under her hood and kind of just takes stock of the current whereabouts. What kind of fruit's on the table? Honestly, it's not any, like, goblin fruits specifically that you recognize. But I will let you make an intelligence occult check. And what does a specialty in the hedge get me? A plus one die bonus. Okay. Lifelong trauma. (laughs) (laughs) What? Three. So three? Yes. So on a success, you recognize this as, again, not any particular goblin fruit that you recognize. This just seems to be filling food from the hedge. Uh, Just a few bites of this will fill you up. It will fill your bellies. It will warm your spirit. Make you nice and sleepy. Then you'll probably want another bite. Mm-hmm. And then you'll probably want another bite. And then you'll probably want another bite. Mm-hmm. This cottage, just being here with that roll, this cottage you sort of recognize is, like many things in the hedge, a dreamlike reflection of what is in the real world. You recognize that you opened a portal from the cabin that was such a home and place of friendship and comfort to Dan into a cottage. You're right, it's not a hollow. Nobody claims this place. But it is a place of comfort, almost like a fairy tale reflection of the the cabin in the real world. The food here, the soft beds here, the chair here, are all designed for your comfort. But just like it is a reflection of the good parts, there is a part of some of the people who don't want family to leave. So the cottage is here to keep you warm and safe. And also it does not want you to leave. And all of its comforts are designed to make it so you don't want to. Okay, so um, Dan, how you doing? He is... uh sat in the rocking chair and like 
a weirdly familiar gesture for himself without thinking about it too much. And he's kind of looking at the ceiling going, that fucking hurt. Dan, roll me a resolve check. Uh, you may add weird, but you do not have weird. So roll me straight resolve. Do I get my I like real life weird to add to this? I, like, <laughs> I got like a two die pool for that, I think. No. Uh, no successes. And by the end of that sentence, Dan falls asleep. Get him out of the chair. Get him out now. Wake him up. Why aren't you moving? Get him out of the chair now. Got it. All right. And Aviva like stomps over and just. What are you wearing? What 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 uh what Same clothes are you wearing? I, I don't. Oh, don't remember. Yeah, just uh, if I remember correctly, it's like a jeans. I think just a regular t-shirt. Like I think it was fairly standard at the time. Yeah. Aviva strolls over to the chair and yanks you up by the back of your t-shirt. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I'm a dead weight otherwise. <laughs> so like, you, you are you are a full. Chair's going away. <laughs> you are a you are a full dead weight. Yeah. Uh but it is a rocking chair, so okay. she manages to pull and tip you out onto the floor. And once he's out of the chair, you rouse. Okay. Um you feel pretty comfortable. It's, it feels like you took like a real nice little power nap. Yeah. Yeah, it takes Aviva like she's real confident strolling over, but she's forgetting Dan. So the one handed grip certainly does not last. She has to transfer him down pretty quickly. I was like, I think you could do it if I was like helping, like when I was awake. But if I was just dead weight, I'd just be like, like. no. The fact that it's a rocking chair <laughs> yeah, definitely it's, helps. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a yeah. geek chair. Yeah. John's gonna casually move the rocking chair so that it's facing a corner, not in the way. You okay, Dan? Yeah, just leave me on the floor. That's fine. No, nope, stand up. I don't want. Don't fall stand asleep. Up. Why? Because if you fall asleep here, you'll stay forever. My bones were exposed. Dan gets nudged with the beat-up boot. Oh, God, what? What? We're in a cabin. It's not a real cabin. It's a dream cabin. It's not It's not even a dream cabin. What's it's a hedge difference? cabin. It, a big, big difference, Dan. <sighs> Aviva keeps on nudging Dan, more in the vein of someone entertaining herself. I'm going to start snuggling your leg. <laughs> There's a strange <laughs> pause from Aviva who's really not sure what to do with that, and she kind of looks at Jesse for help. <laughs> um, Jesse, who had been a dire wolf when you guys were watching him, has slowly transformed, but apparently out of sight, because he is now back in his normal clothes, standing at the window, looking outside. So, you open the shutters to look outside? Yeah. So, outside, uh, the cabin was out in the middle of the woods, and outside is what can best be described as... A dark and dreary wood. Jesse, the best the best description for you would almost be like like the spooky forest in a fairy tale. With old broken trees that stretch menacingly up towards the sky, uh, many of which are wound and bound with thick brambles. Uh, there's a small path that leads from the front door deeper into the wood but you hear like the caw of a crow and just little flowers that seem to bloom up along around the cottage that like disappear as you get further and further away from them. What's this place smell like? In here, smells like, it's funny, there's obviously the smell of like wood smoke and the woods, you know, the hearth and the old dirt. You smell food in here, but the food smells like Aunt June's diner. Like, mm. it smells like her food. 
almost like a circus kind of in like a very weird gotcha. way. Uh, outside, it smells like old dead wood. A very important thing to note for your senses, there is no twilight here. There is no reflection of this place. There is only this place. Mm. It reminds me like I'm in the Hesil. This place does not look anything like the Hesil. No, it is, it is... You see no spirits. But it is, it, is, it is certainly almost like this comical reflection of the real world in a very different way that the Hesil reflects the real world. You are Uratha, and the Hesil makes a certain amount of sense to you. The realm of spirits. I mean, it is a bizarre realm. It is an alien realm. But it makes half sense to one half of it me. It makes sense to the spiritual half of you. The half of you that is spirit, not the half that is flesh. Right. This place doesn't make sense to either one. Jesse turns back to you when you kind of ask him for help, and he looks completely lost in thought. I'm, I'm sorry, what, what, what were you asking? There is a leech on me, and I'm pretty sure for some reason that Lola does not want us to get comfortable, even though that seems... Don't get comfortable. Yep. Don't eat the food, don't drink the liquid, don't do anything. We're not staying. This place, so many this, rules. This place smells like tricks. It is. Aviva starts just kind of like, not. it's not a kicking you motion. There's a leech on you? It's that like motion where you're like trying to shake, <laughs> trying to shake something off your leg. Not a leech. <laughs> Hold on, just give me a minute. It's really weird when you're like, your bones feel air. Like it's always odd. Lola. I've seen you take way bigger hits than that. It doesn't mean I don't get to complain about it. It doesn't mean you get to cuddle about it either. Off. I mean, that's usually part of it. Okay, whatever. While this is going on, Lola is just trying to figure out how to ex- begin to explain this with a word other than don't. Lola, whose trap is this? It's Dan's trap. It's the gentry's trap. It's the hedge's trap. It's... Who are the gentry? They're the keepers here. They... They're the ones that keep us. Is that who you're trying to protect us from? That in the hedge, and the the wolves, and the and the goblins, and and the huntsmen, and there's so many things that I need to protect you from here. Wolves? They're not real wolves. Hmm. Not anymore. How do we get out? Okay, so short answer: there's there's an entrance back in Asheville from here. That'll take us, we, if we can find our way to it, we can get right back into the center of town. The simplest way is to take a trod, but that's probably not the easiest way. I don't think there is an easy way. So the, the most important thing you need to know right now is that this place... Dan, are you up? Fine, up. Get on your feet. Fine. Everyone's so ungrateful. Not, but I'm not going to let myself feel angry about it right now. Dan, just, just letting you know, if you fall asleep in this place, your hands are going to get grubbled. Oh, yeah, they are. I'm going to kill it. So you better stay on your feet. Hey, you know it is worth saying thanks, both of you, for fighting whatever the fuck that thing was. Going off. I don't think you have to thank us. That thing doesn't belong anywhere. No, no, it's like, it's good. Thank you. We weren't anywhere. It was like born out of something weird. I. It reminds me of stories of the Itigim. I don't think it was. 
those things are supposed to like destroy entire regions of the world. But John, what did you say it was? It's something called a Gormoth. Like something at the place where they killed Jesus? And the reference. Uh, so, uh, a Gormoth is a being that desperately seeks to return to where it is from, which is a wound that exists in reality. A microbe from that place that's wiggled its way here, perhaps against its will, and it's trying to find its way back. And what is on the other side of that isn't very well understood, because what is on the other side of that is the abyss. What is what we call the space that's beyond reality. Not different realms like here or the shadow, but outside of all reality. It comes from beyond. Is it going to be waiting for us when, Lola, you get us out of here? I don't know. I don't know exactly why it came to us. But if it was if it was given an opportunity to leave in exchange for some service, it's going to perform that service. There's a slight smirk on his face. Jesse kind of get, gets real close to you and starts kind of craning his neck around, like being far more interested in you than he has in a long time, kind of like smelling and, and looking at looking closely at you. You definitely get this feeling of being sized up by an animal. Aviva watches this with like a why what the fuck expression. Why are you sniffing me? I just expected you to freak out a little bit more when you saw us. People usually do. But you didn't like even flinch. I'll try it to next time. Huh. Funny. He kind of looks back over at Dan. He's Dan is doing some stretches. Dan has Dan's let go. <laughs> Dan's Dan's showing us the way to Venice Beach. Conver- he's just like he's, he's just like doing some like <laughs> Alright, I'm sorry. Yes. New muscles always feel weird. I don't I don't really know the relationship between wolves and those like me very well. Well, I, I don't know. I'm just I don't know if you keep reading all that stuff like that, it'd be great. No, normal That's people good. usually just lose their freaking minds, but you, it's kind of like his hand reaches up and he does this weird kind of like wiggling motion as he like boops you in the middle of your forehead. Oh, yeah. That is really You must have seen offensive. some stuff. You must have actually seen some things, huh? Well, it's hard to lose your mind when you've kissed that goodbye years ago. All right, well, he switches back and looks over at Lola. She is still cuddled on the floor around herself. He'll actually kind of go walking over and just kind of put a hand out to, like, help you up. She will, keeping the sleeve of her hoodie over her the top of her hand, will kind of cautiously let him help her stand, but still hides her face. Look, we all have things that we want to hide from each other because we're not... We don't necessarily like the ugliness that comes out. I was just told that we had to. Believe me, Dan and I get far uglier than what you just saw. I can't let you feel the feelings you'll feel when you see what was done to me. Not now. Well, you can't be worried 
about our feelings if you're going to lead us out of here. And I, think I have to worry about your feelings if I'm going to lead you out of here. The hedge will eat the negative feelings and it will make it stronger and harder to get out. So I have to protect you from that. Okay, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Hold on. What is the relationship between the way we feel and the way this place works? Oh, no. I'm just trying to think of a elegant way of phrasing it. It's This place is a reflection of what you feel. Well, shit. If you, if you feel sad, if you feel angry, if you feel hopeless, that gives it power to keep you here. If you feel hopeful, if you feel happy, if you feel relieved, that makes us stronger. And I can make you all feel stronger, but I can't drag you down first, but I... And she pauses for a second to try and... She still wobbles her head back and forth like she's visibly contemplating, but she won't show her face yet. So I promise you that I will do my utmost to get you out of here and keep you alive and safe. And I will let you draw on me and I will show you what I look like. And I promise you, and I need you to hold on to the hope and the trust that I am true to my word, that I will tell you the story of what made me this way when we are out. But for me to hold up my end of the bargain, I do have to show you my face and I need you to not flip. Here's how I see it. You are our only means of getting out of here. And I think we can all agree on that. So if you need our cooperation, I'm happy to give it. It's As just that, oh. John says, I'm happy to give it. Mm-hmm. As soon as he says it. Mm-hmm. All of you feel the weight of an agreement made between John and Lola. Between Lola and all of you. To the wolves, you understand, sort of, uh, particularly Jesse with your pact with a totem, what sort of the weight of agreements in the spiritual world are. Aviva, you understand the weight of rules, laws of reality that are applied within the dominions in the underworld. All of you in this place feel the weight of truth, the weight of those words, and the binding of them as John agrees and Lola gives the weight of her word. Lola, go ahead and spit a glamour for me. Mm-hmm. I am also going to use that as an attempt to give the inspired condition to everybody here. Of course. Four successes to give the inspired condition. Lead on, Ferrest. Everyone at the table may gain the inspired condition. Somehow, uh, despite her face mostly covered for this, as Lola speaks, the language of her body becomes the Lola you have always known. The, The friend that you grew up with, the ones you got into trouble with, the one you made little craft items with, the one you did Saturday bowling with. And it is that Lola that is giving you reason to trust her that she is going to keep you safe. And as she does, she 
draws back her hood and underneath there is the limestone chalky white skin and it is her eyes which are normally a honey brown have been replaced by two bright orange marigolds Uh, her hair is now some kind of a succulent plant that is green where it grows from her head and electric blue where it falls like it's been artificially created to change color it is swept back and up and her face and neck are covered with the same purple pattern you can see that along her collarbone there are a couple of asters blooming they seem to kind of just bloom naturally from her skin and As she takes off the hoodie entirely, you can see jutting from her back are two broken shrub branches uh, coming off her shoulder blades with the remnants of peach blossom flowers. And I promise I will explain. All of you who have the inspired condition, so long as you take an action towards aiding in the group of you escaping from this place, you may gain an exceptional success on three successes rather than five and regain a willpower when you do so. The weight of Lola's words backed by glamour are settle over you as the transformed creature before you pulls the hood back and reveals herself to you. We can stay here a little longer if we need to recuperate, but we need to get moving. No, I'm all good. Jesse, got a marker? A marker? Yeah, we got to draw on her. Why do you have to draw on me? That's what you said. I understand. Jesse cracks a smile. <clears throat> I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, maybe I'd like... As long as it's not dicks, I'm fine. I was not. I wouldn't do that. I didn't know? think you would. No. At that, there's kind of a look from Aviva over to Jesse, as if she might expect that to be more his action. Well, we are brothers. A a series of nods, a roll of the eyes, but there's a smile kind of cracked about it. And she looks back to Lola, really like taking in the changes in appearance that she can see. She holds that look over for a bit. There's a lot of curiosity. There's no trace of disgust or there's no trace of rejection. It almost seems as if Aviva is taking the changes in you as something natural or something beautiful she just kind of like dips her head she says what's this place making match your last name or something no that was mother there's a raise of the brow and a look at you but mother is a gentry and if we see her we run all right this is not up for debate we run understood you got she looks she gives a very hard look at the werewolf brothers if I see any butlers, I will attempt to run. She won't be a butler. You said gentry. That's what they're called here. We're moving as a pack, and you're leading the pack. We'll follow your lead. We won't get into any fights we're not supposed to. I still don't know what a gentry looks like. They all look different. If I tell you to run, you need to run. <sighs> fine. All right. Dan, I'm going to tell you right now, it'll look like you can fight her and you can't. I said fine. I, I still know. got... S- these wings do you want me giving oversight or do you want me walking with the rest of you 
I don't think you should stray too far. Dan. And right. Because you will be you'll be spotted in the sky too. Dan. Let's, mm-hmm. let's pretend this is a section, a real bad section of the Hasil, and we're dealing with some really dangerous Magath. No, I already don't know what I'm doing, so that's fine. All right. Uh, Lolo. <clears throat> Clears his throat. Uh, flashlights okay? Short answer, yes, but be ready to turn them off. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a good idea if we, if we shifted to Dalu for this. We'll be able to communicate with them, but we'll be, re- we'll be better in a fight and good to run. By the way, um, Swansons, I have a lot, a lot, a lot of questions that I'm not letting myself ask right now because I don't know what the Hedge's position on curiosity is. All right, I got questions for each Mm. and every one of you, but I'll bring up the back, I guess. Sounds good. And with that, Jesse kind of breathes breathes out, and as he breathes in, his form swells to where the point where he now stands to be about the size of his brother. <laughs> um, his hair kind of, uh, uh, along his jawline grows out a little bit. His teeth lengthen. His brow kind of knots up. And he looks in this weird animalistic kind of cross between man and beast. He's still wearing his clothes just does not look like the friendly, happy uh, Jesse that you're used to. That's going on the list of questions. No, actually, that makes sense. I'll do it when we get out of here. It's going to be hard to get through doorways otherwise. You're not that big. I have one last question. I head over to the fruit. I pick one up. Don't eat it. I know. But the things we might run up against. Is there a chance they leave us alone if we give this to them? It's worth a try. Then I'm going to try. It's also possible that the hedge will change it to something else when we get out. Okay. Interesting. Kind of like stares at the fruit and just kind of... When we go out there, it's worth noting the hedge doesn't want us to leave. We have to get out before it's able to keep us for too long. It's not quite the same as being chased, but think of it as being chased. Okay. Got pretty good at running. Let's go. Jesse, you're standing by the window. Mm. And uh, as they were all sort of talking about that, you notice the flowers that had been sort of growing near the cottage have changed. Uh, And they're all kind of straight up green, and, and they have these nice sort of drooping blue flowers before it was just sort of a random assortment of wildflowers. Now they are all this like clustered drooping blue flower. Hey Lola, mm-hmm. what do blue flowers mean to you? It depends on what species the flower is. He motions you to come over to the window and points at, at the drooping blue flowers. What do these kind of look like? They look like monkshood, otherwise known as wolfsbane. The meaning Often behind them, O Lady of the Flowers, Mm -hmm. is beware. A deadly foe is near. Okay, um, something's nearby. is a little rap, rap, rap at the door. Lola goes over to the door and kind of puts her hand on the handle. Who is it? Hello? Is the Lady of the House about? 
What do you require of the lady of the house? Solely to give a message. It is my duty. Does this voice sound familiar? Not at all. Okay. Lola cautiously opens the door. And at first, it looks to all of you as though no one is there. Until you look down and standing in the doorway, just outside the doorway, is a mouse. Just a regular looking mouse, except he's kind of standing up on his hind legs. He's got a little vest on. He's got a little hat, like a Robin Hood cap. Mm. Uh, there's like a little pin at his side, like wrapped up as like a, like a little sword. Um, and in one hand, he holds a little tiny like bugle. And he looks up at you and just holds the bugle to his little mousy lips and blows out. Hello. Hi. How can I help you? You are the one who calls herself Lola Gardner, yes? That is what I call myself. Excellent. I am required, uh, for it is the bidding of my master, as it is the bidding of his master, to inform you that you are being hunted. Thank you for returning to this place. Lola, it's hard for her to get whiter, but she definitely somehow blanches a little bit. The troubadour of great sorrows is on your trail. Thank you. Of course. And he tucks his trumpet, like his little bugle under his arm, and doffs his hat in a little bow and puts it back on. Have a good day. Of course. And she shuts the door for just a minute. She turns around. We need to leave now. I'm now, ready now, to go now, now. Uh, we're we're being hunted. I'm being hunted. So we're being hunted. No, I'm being hunted. Well, you, you you might be allowed to leave. I don't want to stay. Hunted by what? A huntsman. Okay, out. Let's go. I will explain. I promise. I will explain everything. What about uh, what about the huntsman? Did we fight him? You shouldn't. You could, maybe. If, if all the hands on the clock align, align, then maybe there'll be a chime, but... What about little mice like that? Do we not eat those? No, don't don't mess with anything here, unless I tell you to. All right. He's just a messenger. He might, he might be worth some essence, though. I don't know if anything here gives essence. I don't know what essence is. <laughs> but I think if anything here, it would give me fuel, not you. Messenger. I'm willing, to find, I'm willing to find out. What about you, Dan? Yeah, we could always give it a bite. We should go. Taking a stabilizing breath, Lola steps through the door. Opens the door back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little mouse is just a little ways down the path at this point. hes I mean, he's a mouse. He's mm-hmm. not moving very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since he walks on his little hind legs. Is he mm-hmm. actually mouse-sized or is he more like no, chinchilla-sized? No, he's actually mouse-sized. Okay. And so you are heading out through the hedge. Do you believe you have adequately prepped everyone? I don't believe there is such a thing as being adequately prepped to get a bunch of non-changelings out of the hedge. Not a bad way to put that. So here's how we're going to do this. Lola. Everyone split up. (laughs) I mean, if you wanna. (laughs) Please don't do that. (laughs) Hey, Grubbler, can you go pin that mouse down? What? Go, go pin him down. 
Uh, yes, sir, man. You can grubble him a, lot, a little bit if you want to. And the grubbler, uh, happy to, like, still not have gotten really in trouble for being in not the he seal, uh, scuttles down and just... I mean, he's about the size of a possum, and he just runs up on this mouse and pins it to the ground because it's a fucking mouse. Do you want to ask it some more questions? I just have the one. Uh, the mouse is shaking. and ter- It's a mouse. Mm-hmm. It's terrified. You have nothing to be afraid of as long as you're honest. Well, that's to be decided. We still might eat you. You have nothing to be afraid of for me as long as you're honest. Lady, I, I, sh- I shall be as honest as I am permitted to be. Where's the huntsman? And with that, he starts to shake a little bit. You can't answer that, can you? You're not allowed. And it takes him a great deal of effort, but he shakes his head. Can you tell me which direction he's coming from? And he starts to shake a little bit more, and a little mousy tear runs down his face. All right, I I feel kind of fucking bad. Can we not eat the fucking mouse? Let's just get moving. Torturing small animals sucks. Grubbler, give me the mouse. And the mouse is like absorbed up into this mass of fingers as like they all grab it and move it up to the top and then like some of the fingers on the top of this little horrible finger mound just pinch it and hold it up to you and she kind of holds out her hand her palm which does not have thorns on it Grubbler just drops this fucking mouse do you want to leave this place I am permitted to have desires yes is that one of them yes please if you stay with me, I'll do my best to get you out. If you were to get me out, I, I would be in your debt, my lady. I understand. You're lucky she's taking a shine to you, because I was going to eat you. I, I believe you, great warrior beast. Do you want to ride in my pocket? You have familiar eyes. Yeah, which one and of them she, are you talking to? She closes her hand around oh. the mouse not to squish him, but definitely to stop that uh, line of discussion. He's stifled <laughs> as soon as And she kind of puts him in her... Her hoodie pocket. John kind of looks at Jesse. Looks at Dan. Well played, little mouse. We should keep going. Yep. Uh, hey, man, don't leave me behind. Oh, get up on my shoulder then. And he just crawls. Or, you know, stay. It's fine. I don't... You have a good life here. I no. don't know. want to know what the hedge would do to him to no, make man, him No, he's still here. I ain't getting home this way. You'll be fine. And he crawls his way up onto Jesse. And Lola takes a minute to orient herself to try and figure out which direction is the best way to go. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Right now, because you have been declared hunted, I think you're a little off kilter. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure who has the edge right now, whether it's you or the hedge. So you pick the skill that you want to use. Okay. The hedge will roll its base roll, and we're going to see who has the edge in this chase scene, who actually is on top and is going to start pushing things in the right direction. Okay? Okay. So you may choose whatever you want to roll. I would like to make a case for being allowed to use presence occult with the emphasis of the hedge. Being that I am a grand presence here in the hedge, people know me apparently enough to look for me. And the hedge will do what it, I would like it to do. So that would be uh, purely a hedge uh, shaping. For this, it's not going to be uh, a hedge shaping so much. Okay. 
I like the idea of the presence. I'm okay with that. There are goblins in the area mm-hmm. you might be able to make contact with. Mm-hmm. What about empathy? Because changelings resonate with the hedge. It is a very much a part of who they are. And they are a part of it, regardless of if they're there or not. But most when they're there. I can see a case for presence empathy. Okay. Where you are just sort of radiating that, like, you are trying to lead by empathetic example here mm-hmm. with those around you and keep everyone calm. It's almost like she's feeling the, the which paths, like, she's, like, connecting to the plants themselves and, like, yeah. feeling yeah. which paths are right. Yeah, that's also very appropriate. Which is, is... Wh- which is why I was, I was going to say, I will assist if it's survival. Jesse is watching the way that she's navigating and has no fucking idea what she's doing. She's not following nature trails, man. She's she's just feeling her way through this nightmare world. I accept that. I mean, Aviva's willing to assist. Um, she said she'd bring up the back, and I feel like she might have some perspective on how the plants are responding back to you as you're navigating the hedge. Okay. I am going to allow everyone who is assisting her to add a single die with an action. You may spend a willpower to add two dice. Total. Yeah, um, I'll spend a willpower for that. I think because of the uh, bizarre way in which she's navigating, I'm not going to assist because I'm not sure that Jesse understands how to assist in this situation, but he will stay, keep on a lookout for dangers coming at us. That will give an assist die. Okay. I'll laugh at that. There right. are many things in the hedge. My intent is to kind of keep a slow roll with the flashlight kind of shining the way, and I'm going to focus on cracking any illusions as we go. That will also give an assist die. Okay. Is Dan doing stuff? I'm going to, you know, do some stretches. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to beat the shit out of the hedge mm-hmm. <laughs> until it lets us go. I'm so happy with you. are like, nah, I'm just going to walk with you guys yeah. and get ready for the fight. Yeah, Fuck that. Okay. <laughs> Jesse does all the all the navigating. <laughs> yeah, this like, is no different. <laughs> you told me to follow. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I feel like Aviva is kind of like drawing on her own experience wandering through strange worlds. And that's contributing to the will that she's putting into this. That she's like remembering her own lost journeys and trying to translate that empathetic understanding into how she's helping bring up the rear and like watch for those reactions in the hedge. Might like yawn a bit. <laughs> That's a lot of dice. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's 13. Turns out you're all stronger together. When there's one stuck in my brace. <laughs> I'll roll that one in a minute. Guys, she got a dice over her sleeve. <laughs> Did you get a success in that one that came out of your brace? Yes. <laughs> good. Thank- thankfully, it wasn't abrasive. Six successes. Not good. Boom. <coughs> I you held my tray for me. I'll co-sign on that joke, Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. So six successes, and the hedge did not actually roll that well for the edge this time, and. Only has one. That is an exceptional success for you. Now, this is not to navigate out. This was just to determine who had the edge here. Mm -hmm. You decidedly have the edge. To reward that exceptional success, the hedge will start one die down on its pool. Excellent. Uh, So you get to essentially pick the terms of the escape here. The way this is going to work, you need a number of successes 
on this escape to get everyone out. The terms of this chase, if you fail, members of your group, like is the nightmare of all fairest, are going to start getting left behind, wandering off, being pulled off the trails, perhaps even deep into the thorns. It's a good start. Mm-hmm. Do you want to use that empathy style to continue to try and navigate out? Yes, I would. Okay. With your group essentially giving eight another like equipment bonuses here, mm-hmm. go ahead and roll, and then we're going to talk about what happens. Okay. By the way, you need currently seven successes to escape. The hedge only needs... Uh, actually, what is your... What is the lowest speed amongst the group, since you're all staying together? And what is the lowest initiative amongst the group? Nine for speed and four for initiative. Roll a d10 for your initiatives, like your total initiative. Oh. All right, so speed nine, initiative eight. Jesse? Uh, speed 12, initiative 15. Okay. Dan? Um, taking a minute, rolling my neck, shifting up to Dalu as we start moving in. Mm-hmm. I am speed 13, initiative 12. Okay. Speed 10, initiative 9. Initiative 13, speed 9. That speed remains consistent whether flying or walking. Very cool. Flex. <laughs> That's right, I am. <laughs> Unsurprising. <laughs> Show that hedge who's boss. <laughs> so you currently need... 700... You currently need, after all modifiers, you need eight total successes to escape the hedge. The hedge only needs six successes right now. Okay. I mean, if that urgency comes through, then I will, I'm willing to spend another willpower. If, if that's something I can understand. If that's something that's like mechanically limited, then I will not spend another. It's limited by how much willpower you've got. Okay. If that urgency is translating in the way that you're leading the group, then have my second willpower. Uh, not yet. We'll save that. Okay. Lola seems surprisingly grounded in finding her feet in this place. Got it. So let's make our rolls. Okay. I'll touch that. Quick. I feel like a velociraptor trying to pull <laughs> all these with a, with a hand break. Where did that one go? Oh, where did it go? Five successes. You have five. The hedge currently has two. So you are five of eight? Yes. It is two of six. Lola, you lead them with a little mouse squirming in your pocket. This motley crew through the deep, dark woods. Rambles rise up on all sides. And there are the sounds of animals... Raven's cause, and in the distance, the braying of hounds or perhaps wolves. Lola looks decidedly unwell when she hears the wolves. Walls of thorns and brambles that seem to reach up to the sky intertwine through these old, dark trees that seem to have like the count, like evil countenances. You know that this is like a reflection of sort of the fears and stories about, you know, hey, kids, stay out of the woods. Mm -hmm. 
all of you, as you're traveling, get these urges, these impulses, these sights and sounds that make you want to stray off whatever path that Lola is finding. Dan, Jesse, walking in your Dalu forms, the wolf parts of your senses are heightened, and you see the dashing of prey underfoot. You can hear calling, and uh, at one point, Jesse, you hear the whisper of a voice that sounds very much like Hank crying out from the woods. Boys? Boys, are you there? Boys! I, I'm I'm lost. I can't... Hello? Boys? Lola will keep leading people on, not knowing if they're experiencing things. Jesse, having heard that, well, his head kind of snaps in the direction that, it, that that voice came from. And before anyone can actually notice, he's going to spend a point of essence on his new moon gift. People, as long as he's not doing anything super memorable, people kind of forget about him. If you heard on the wind and we're in the brambles, it's got to be deceptively close. It's got to be. <laughs> so, are you stepping away from the group? That is my question to you. I would like for Lola to be able to make some kind of empathy role to notice that something is off with him. So, so actually, I think that actually makes perfect sense because um, you are hyper keen to the fact that I might be straying off. My mm -hmm. power doesn't uh, make it hard or doesn't make it impossible. It just makes it more difficult for you to notice these things. So I think you're um, at a penalty to your uh, notice equal to my cunning, which would be two dice. Lola, mm -hmm. because of your nature, because of who you are, and because of the bargain that you made with all of them mm -hmm. and the oath that you swore to your friends, you may choose to roll to notice that Jesse is about to step off the path or is stepping off the path. Because of his gift, you'll be at a two-die penalty to your wit's composure roll to notice he's gone. You may gain plus two dice to notice that he's gone for each one of your successes against the hedge that you choose to lose. My wit's composure is garbage. I cannot afford a two-die penalty. So, am I getting a two-die bonus for one success sacked? Is that what was said? Per success that you choose to sack. Okay. You can get a lot of dice if you want. I know. You could also spend willpower on this. Sorry to sorry to, to bilk you of your resources. <laughs> hey, man, we just got through you so far. So spending one success would eliminate the penalty his gift. Mm-hmm. Okay. You may spend a willpower to gain plus three dice. You may spend another one of your successes to get an additional plus two dice. I am spending one success and one willpower. Okay. Do you have any successes? I have no successes. <laughs> then the troop marches on. My bone is wallflower. Might I gain some willpower from the fact that I am kind of just checking on this without the group worrying about me? 
We'll get back to you, Jesse. Okay. <laughs> or we won't, you know. It's nice having you. And so the four of you continue onwards. It's very odd to see her eyes move because they're just marigolds. But like the petals flutter as if to indicate the shape of an eye moving. Dan. Yep. As you're walking. Mm-hmm. You recognize the road back to the cabin where your truck is. It's right there. Very easy to find and follow. All right, guys, we're in the right place. Stay with me. Yeah, it's right here on this road. No, she is walking left away into the woods. He, like, stops and points. He was like, yeah, this one right here. No, you need to follow me. Don't look at the road. Look at me. Dan is pointing just directly into a briar patch. There are tricks here. Oh my god, tricks? Yes. I hate tricks. They're for kids. Hey Dan. <laughs> Don't fall for the trick. I know not to fall for the tricks, you're otherwise it's a trick. You're too big. I that's actually not always too big. We can favor. trust Lola. Well, that, okay, yes, but All right. Uh, that's all you need. This place will trick you into seeing things, hearing things, smelling things. Touching things that aren't real. I, I got it. I got it. It's it's tricky. It's not all for you that I'm saying it. I, I want the hedge to know. You're talking to plants? No. I'm talking to the hedge. The hedge is a plant. You are a very literal man, aren't you? It's helpful. Nothing here is literal. Uh, all right. I'm following. I don't need any lectures. So, is the illusion... Din... This might actually be an illusion of your making. Like you looking for a way out is projecting the image of what it is I wasn't looking. that you would see as the way out. I was just following. But you're expecting something. It, somehow it knew to show you. I guess. That's very interesting. It wants to make you part of it. It's going to try know. and understand you. We should be good. Jesse's good at tricks. Lola? Mm-hmm. Make your next hedge navigation roll. Okay. As he says, Jesse's good at tricks. <laughs> and you all think, yes, he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be great if he were with us. I'm going to spend a point of willpower, and I'm actually going to, at this point, I'm going to extend. I'm going to like, I, I kind of stop, crouch down, and press my palm to the ground. And I'm going to activate Matter Sense. Okay. And try to basically extend my senses around to help Lola. Okay. I am not hurting you. Um, I do speak uh, a bit of an odd language as I take my time to do it. I have one success. Okay. So with matter, I can essentially verify whether or not the things that I'm scrutinizing uh, have durability, have structure. I can learn the exact amounts. So I can basically be like, hey, you know, this tree is the easiest to break, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, The way I'm using it in this instance is I'm attempting to get a feel for infirmities in the actual path, like holes underground, that kind of thing. So it's strange. As soon as you do that and extend your senses, you realize that this place is constantly shifting. 
not shifting in like a random patterns or any sort of discernible pattern even. It's shifting with intent. It's shifting with purpose. It is a thing alive and hungry. John kind of looks up at Lola. This must be part of why it's so hard to escape. This forest, it's adapting to the choices we make in an attempt to keep us here. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's learning us. Yeah, well, it's learning how you're going to lead us out of here. You got this. You're showing the way. It's here and you say you're going to do it. I'm going to do it. And along the path, as doubt starts to maybe creep in just a little, patches of springy moss and amidst them small blooms of yellow carnations. Moss for a mother's love. Yellow chrysanthemums for slighted love. Yellow carnations for disappointment. You have disappointed me. Lola seems to feel something and kind of as much as you're talking her up, there is, like, I I have disappointed. She grounds herself in the eyes of each person here. You don't get to decide if we're disappointed. You know what? Finish this up and we can talk about it. It's not you. I'm always a disappointment. Fuck that. Can we just... All right, we got a lot of topics tabled, but that doesn't sound true. You want to know how exciting it was? To learn that there might be a version of you that doesn't just randomly suck. She's literally made of garbage. Yeah. Fuck that bitch. You're not her. You're not a disappointment. And whatever the hell is going on with flower hands over here is a welcome change. It's mother. Look. If you're worried about her disappointment, some people kind of need that check to their ego. If it'll help them grow, it won't. Then it's a lost cause. Let's get out of here. As your friends bolster you with their words, almost in response, little you find yourself on a part of the path blooming with geraniums. Stupidity. Folly. I would, I need, still need to make my hedge navigation roll. Yes, you do. I would like to hedge weave to change the flowers. Okay. You are... A minus one die penalty for where we are in the hedge. Okay. Uh, Back to the question of bonuses. You're giving me one. Did you take two from me last time? No. Okay. I've spent a point of willpower. Two from me this time then. Okay. And not the one from Jesse. Yes. And unless you give me different instructions, not one from me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll always fuck it around. That will bring you to nine. It will only bring to four. Lola, you think you know the way to get everyone out of the hedge. You think you can make it there. Jesse. (laughs) Hey. So navigating in the hedge. Yep. You have a different purpose and a different place to go now. So we'll start this process all over again, but you're on your own. And you don't have the inspired for this. Well, well I'm just, I'm, I'm just leading off the path just for a second to see where that voice came from. Exactly. Getting back, getting back to my friends. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's short, short little trip. <laughs> short little navigations. Yeah. So where you want to go right now is 
to find where that voice came from. Yeah. You step off the path just for a moment, following the sound of... And I'm just going to make sure that, that they don't get worried that I'm... Because um, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know. And... I'll just be quiet about it. Jesse, how many days as you just step quickly off the path just to look have you considered coming in here to find Hank? I mean, I've been thinking about it for a long time. Pretty much since Hank disappeared. Since Hank disappeared in the hollow of the hanging tree so long ago. He left you guys. He's been in here and the way that his voice sounded, and sounds again. Boys, someone. I think I'm confused. I I don't know where I am. Please. Does that voice come from the same direction that I thought it was? Absolutely the same direction. Okay. So it's not bouncing around. No, it's, it's out there. I look back to where the group is. You do not see them. They were just behind they me, They right? were just behind you. But you are now... Realizing that you are alone in the woods. Jesse kind of face palms. Takes a, takes a second to, to focus himself and shifts down into uh, Urhan. If he doesn't need to communicate with the group, he needs to be fast about this. Mm-hmm. What is Urhan? Uh, that is the um, wolf form. So he is now not in dire, dire wolf, but in sleek. A sleek black wolf. Sleek black timber wolf. Your sense is heightened. You realize that those scents, the confusing sense of, of the force, this is not a normal scent. In the same way that, the best way to describe it, I guess, is the same way that like sound seems to come from everywhere in the fog, the same sort of thing is happening to your, to your nose, to your eyes. It's like everything is the same all at once. The only thing that gives you any sense of direction is that voice. That starts to sound like it's moving away. So I have a question for you. Mm. Now that you know the situation you're in, do you want to continue to pursue the voice? Or do you want to find your friends? Or do you have a different purpose? I think Jesse desperately wants to go after that voice. Mm-hmm. But at this point, he's realized how badly he's fucked up. Now that he can't... Like, he's com- turned his back on his friends and they're gone. Um, he fell for the trick that he was telling everybody, let's not fall for this. Lola talking back at the cabin, not the cottage, about time being stolen from her, from all of you. Yeah. Rings in the back of your head. He can't see where his friends are. Can he smell them at all? No. Mm. You now are possessed of the lost condition. Mm -hmm. Do I still get the sense that there is prey scrambling for me under feet? Right now, no. Interesting. Okay. Right now, you the only sense that you get is still now becoming a little bit more distant. That, boys, boys. Here's another question for you. Sure. That voice was calling out to Jesse. I'm curious if it if he would still hear it, being that things just kind of forget him and pass over him at the moment. You hear a voice calling, boys, boys, hello? Hmm. In that case, I think Jesse might try to stalk that voice. 
Sure. Because he's going to rely on the fact that if it was a trick of the of the hedge, it might have forgotten that he was here. So he's going to pit that against against that, and he's going to see if he can stalk whatever's making that noise. Mm-hmm. The hedge currently has the edge. Oh yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. The hedge outsmarted me, so. The hedge has I'm the edge? I'm definitely going to outsmart the hedge now. <laughs> I'm going to double down. <laughs> Classic. So the hedge is choosing for you to use uh, survival, uh, wits survival. You may choose a different pool, any one you like, but if you do, you're at a one die penalty and you lose 10 again. I'm up for wits survival. What is your current speed? You are not yet in the thorns. Uh, speed 16. Okay. Garrett, you will need nine successes. The hedge will need five. I am going to spend a willpower. So that's three successes. The hedge currently only has two. Okay. So, that means as you are beginning to stalk uh, the voice, you are getting closer to where the voice is. Um, you're actually catching up to it before it travels too much deeper into wherever this forest is leading. Mm. I'll tell you right now, if the hedge beats you, either way you're going to catch up to the voice. Now, if the hedge beats you, you will be very deep in the thorns. As you're approaching where the voice is coming from, you also start to hear low rumbles and what are very distinctly, to you anyways, the sounds of wolves. Mm, like a pack? Yes. And you see, imprinted into the dirt in this forest, as you sort of like make your way around the brambles, uh, you start to see those like little blue flowers again, like the ones that were near the cottage, and pressed into the dirt near a couple of them are wolf prints, but they are, you know tracks. It is wolf's feet, but walking on its hind legs. Mm. Not quite like Garu, but... Something that's not Uratha. Something... It does not smell of Uratha here. Mm. And because you are winning on the hedge, you are becoming alerted to that fact before it is becoming alerted to you. Okay. Let's roll again. All right. I will spend another willpower. For another turn, it gains an additional die. Only two successes. So a total of five. It has a total of four. <laughs> it is one away from success. However, because you've gotten to five now, at this point, you will take the edge. All right. So... I can choose my, my pool at this point? You may choose the pool. And the hedge will lose a couple of dice on okay. its roll. Okay. Now, as you get closer, you start recognizing the signs of a den. Like there's a little hole, like a cave, as sort of the, the land begins to rise in the forest. There are bones and things about. And from the inside of the cave, you hear, Boys? Boys? Boys, but now it's just, it's just repeating. Boys, 
it is very clearly Hank's voice, but it's just repeating over and over. And while you do not yet see anything, the smell of blood is on the air. Realizing that there are still plenty of shadows in this place, mm-hmm. he will start to use the shadows and um, use stealth dexterity to navigate and basically stalk out of this place. So you would now like to leave? This is obviously a trap. Yes, very clearly. Um, <laughs> I mean, as someone who sets these kinds of traps, yeah, you are. Very... I recognize all the har- hallmarks here. Oh yeah, I'm confused that it's able to to reckon or to think because usually, mm-hmm. my gifts are are able to let me avoid even just kind of like knowledge of my presence. So Absolutely. the fact that it's able to just always be aware of me is un- is dis- disconcerting. Yes. So he is going to um, skirt this den and finds shadows that he can use to kind of navigate his way out of here. Okay. What is the new goal you're setting for yourself? Um, Find your friends, escape from this place. I mean, I think those are both the same thing. Escape from this place or find my friends. I will tell you that they are not. But let's find my friends. Having resolved to leave, your successes are wiped clean. So is it. We are part of a new chase. However, it is continuing to accrue dice because you are spending longer and longer in the hedge. And things are becoming more and more difficult to leave this place. Mm. Because you have the edge, you may attempt to roll. I meant to just go find out what where that voice was. And... Lola's the one that's going to get me out of here because she's the one that can open the way. There's no such thing as locus here. And I have not. And I've been thinking about coming in here for a while, but I have no idea exactly how you get in. It seemed like you could just walk in, but Hank warned against that. Let's go to the person I know can get out. Okay. So once again, I'm going to add a, a willpower and I'm going to roll stealth dexterity if that's okay it is you once again need nine successes to get out and the hedge is accruing dice we're going to switch back for a second yep so as jesse prepares to try and leave this den of wolves lola Uh the end is in sight the hedge shifts there are pockets of time that move very fast there are pockets of time that move very slow There are places that are death traps. There are paths that lead in eternal circles. You're keeping away from the regularly stepped trods because you know that while trods are much safer to travel than the regular hedge, with a huntsman after you, they also travel on the well-worn trods. Mm -hmm. But you think you know how to get everyone back. And as you are approaching... There it is in front of you. Everyone can see as you approach this place, as you start to leave the woods behind and see what looks like, the best way any of you could maybe describe it is like like a Disney village that was abandoned. Like a, like a storybook town that was left and run down and falling apart. You still see a 
not people walking around, but Lola, what you know as the goblin denizens of the hedge. And you lead them past all these people that come and go and try and offer you things. Uh, Don't buy anything. Don't accept any offers. John gives like an affirmative nod. And ahead is what looks like a dance floor. Like life-sized music box ballerinas. Twirl and twirl. Mannequins ever dancing. Some held in the arms of these little goblin citizens. Some falling apart and cracking. And on the other side is a large ballerina mirror wall. Mm-hmm. Freestanding with a bar across it. Except one of the panels has no bar. And you know that that is the way out. Mm-hmm. All right, this is how we go. Forgetting Asheville is an actual play Chronicles of Darkness podcast set in the fictional New England town of Asheville. Aviva Caradano was played by Rebecca Steigelfest. Dan Swanson was played by Tim Davis. Jesse Swanson was played by Garrett Gabby. John Taggart was played by Lex Lopez. Lola Gardner was played by Erica Webb. Your storyteller was Rob Muirhead. Recording and editing by Rebecca Steigelfest. The music used in this episode was by Victoria Borodnova. You can find their music on pixabay.com. Forgetting Asheville uses the second edition Chronicles of Darkness rule sets, including Changeling the Lost, Geist the Sin Eater, Mage the Awakening, Werewolf the Forsaken, and other Chronicles source materials, with a few select house rules. The Chronicles of Darkness are produced by Onyx Path Publishing. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at at pathofnightpod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash pathofnightpodcast, or email us at pathofnightpodcast at gmail.com. You can help support the show at coffee.com slash pathofnight. See you next time, outsiders. Do you guys have deed names? Uh, I don't think we do, actually. I have no idea. Unless you give them to each other. That's honestly a question for you guys. Mm. Hank did not give them to you before well, I disappeared. He's so. smelly. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm shit for brains. So. <laughs> the idea that Jesse is like, yes, uh, Dan is, you know. Uh, Jesse Musk and uh, giant brains. <laughs> and we're here to save the day. <laughs> All right. He loves this, the arm this, wrestling match. This is, this is Dan does the reps. <laughs> this is Dan does the reps. And Dan, you want to introduce me? Oh, that's Jesse. <laughs> Uh, uh, Dan picks things up and puts them down. (laughs) Dan, strong back, weak mind. Dan, flex. Uh, All right. Dan, girlfriend stealer. (laughs) My name is uh, Dan Suplex, and this is my brother, Jesse Uppercut. Oh, my God. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. Found it. This is Jesse Sweeps the Leg, and I'm uh, Dan Rolling Suplex. <laughs> suplex City. <laughs> I wouldn't blink if someone introduced themselves as Jesse Sweeps the Leg, honestly. <laughs> Jesse from the top. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, brings the noise, brings the funk. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go get extra levels on him, too. <laughs> My name is Dan Hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a 10th level Don and Amaro Dote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, Dan Hurricane Swanson, and 
And I'm Jesse Mike Work Swanson. Uh, <laughs> Jesse restomps the groin. <laughs> restomps the groin. <laughs> Dan stomps Restomp. the groin and Jesse restomps the groin. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so to conclude, I do not think we have deep games. <laughs> not yet. We've been working on them, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Want to uh, help us shop through some? <laughs> yeah, I actually got to work on mine. I need a shadow name. 